I gotta just remember the names. Yeah. Like in order, basically. So it's oh yeah, one it's two one two three one two three Ghost Protocol Rogue Nation Fallout. Yeah, cool. I want to actually ask you about Demolition Man. Yes. What's What's the deal with Demolition Man? Did you also feel like you'd seen it referenced a lot online? Uh yeah, within the last couple of years, everyone yeah. talks about the two shells, which I think is really funny. the three shells, the three yeah, shells, the three seashells. <laughs> uh, okay, the demolition Demolition Man is really weird. Uh, it's Sylvester Stallone, right, and Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes and Sandra Bullock is like oh, what? The, like probably more of the main character than oh. Wesley Snipes. Oh yeah, because her and Rob Schneider are both. So yeah, he's in it. Mm-hmm. They work together, but Rob Schneider is barely in it. Okay. Basically, the premise is Sly is this like very reckless cop. Yeah. And he he blows up stuff all the time, which is why they call him the Demolition Man. Awesome. Into it. Um, He's trying to catch Wesley Snipes, who's like this incredible criminal. Right. Catches him, but there's like a ton of collateral damage. And they... So they both go to prison, which this is like, quote unquote, the future. Got it. For them, even though it's like 1996 or whatever. And they go to deep freeze, They go to like, yeah, deep freeze for like a super long time, like 70 years or something. So they... So then they... They come. Uh, the, they bring Wesley Snipes up for like parole, mm-hmm. and he has been in this like mental programming that they give people when they're oh, in prison. Cool. It's supposed to be like to give you like weird skills that they think that you would be geared towards and pacify you. So, so like, like as a, just like as a joke, Sylvester Stallone like when he comes out knows how to knit. Oh, funny! I was uh, just gonna say like that sounds like the neoliberal. Thing of we'll teach everyone to code yeah except it's like yeah stuff like knitting or whatever that's amazing um except uh wesley snipes when he comes out of his yeah for his parole which yeah. he's obviously not gonna get right uh he like knows basically how to hack modern computers for no reason what and he like knows all the passwords for everything and somebody messed with his what he was supposed to be programmed to do. This sounds awesome. It's kind of cool. So he, so he basically escapes, so he escapes. and they get slid and it's, back. It's to in, get... And it's in a future world in which all crime has been done away with. Oh, I and see. so nobody is nobody, prepared at nobody all. Nobody knows how to deal with crime. Yeah, Sandra Bullock is like this cop who she's super obsessed with the 20th century. Of course. And so she wants some excitement. I really because like the main things that they are giving people like tickets for is like cursing. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> or yeah. like things like that. Wow, that's all. So I, it's always, it's always so on the nose when it's like I'm obsessed with this one thing. Yeah, how handy it is that I know everything about it. It has to happen, sort of, but it's such a hacky trope. Well, and she isn't like good at it. Is the thing? Oh, she cool. just wants. To so, know more about so it. she really knows nothing, and she thinks that she's, she's like very an bad at it. And she tries. Okay. To, so they bring Sylvester Stallone out of Deep Freeze to capture this guy because they like know about that he caught him the first time. Yeah. So they're like, perfect, he'll do it or whatever. Uh, and he hates the modern world because he can't curse all the time. Fish out of water thing. Yeah. Kind of. Okay, and, this and sounds so, actually pretty fun. Yeah. Is and it so good? Ah, uh, kind of. It's funny. Okay. So it's I should so see it weird. At least once. I think you should see it. Okay, that sounds it's good. So, Don't have to tell me anymore. No, yeah. You've set it up very well. But it kind of turns like a buddy cop thing. Awesome. Of him and Sandra Bullock. This sounds great. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna it's have to a little see this bit movie. like Robocop too. Yeah. I don't know. A little over the top. It's odd. But uh <laughs> I want to see this movie now. 
You've convinced me I need to uh, see And it. the three seashells thing is great. <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't know how to use the three seashells. And that's in regards to, like, wiping after you Yeah, poop, they don't have right? toilet paper. They just have three seashells in the bathroom. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to use it, and he gets made fun of for it. <laughs> but they don't explain, which is great. <laughs> it's just left totally ambiguous. He doesn't so, know how to use the three seashells. Yeah, and they never tell you. So That's incredible. It's a pretty good bit. That's a good bit. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much. So you saw the announcement that they're going to film two new Mission Impossibles, right? Yeah. Back to back. Back to back. They're going to come out 2020 and 2021. And they're both still directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Wow. Which is very exciting. That's I'm, crazy. I'm pumped. That's going to be like so pumped. his whole life at a certain point. Well, Him and Tom Cruise, it's going to be all they do. He actually talked about that. Um, I listened to a podcast about Mission Impossible Fallout. Awesome. And it was like, I mean, I listened to like basically Christopher McQuarrie talked for like five hours about this movie. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to be the expert in regurgitating something that the director already said. Hey, I mean, what better source of information? Yeah, totally. But Plus then the people who are listening don't have to listen to five hours. You do hours. not have to listen to five hours of the Empire movie podcast. Yeah, that's that's two much. separate interviews. But wow. It was great. Um, and he was basically saying how he was leaving it for the next director. Mm-hmm. because he maybe shouldn't direct anymore because <laughs> he already did two and he already broke it yeah he's the only person who's done more than one yeah so he's pretty much just taking it over now which is great <laughs> and and tom cruise loves him okay like, yeah. loves well, him. that makes sense and he's basically just directed tom cruise and a bunch of stuff now yeah i was reading about that about how because he kind of started being the writer of valkyrie right or that was how he started working with yep. tom cruise that sounds right yeah so he wrote that he directed that I think he directed something later. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Well, he definitely wrote it, and yeah. then he definitely directed Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. And he did both Jack Reacher movies, which Tom Cruise really enjoyed doing with him. And those movies aren't bad. Yeah, I saw the first one, and I enjoyed it. They're not great, but they're not bad. Yeah. They're fun, and the the, the part that's so good is the action. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, then he gets on to Mission Impossible and makes an incredibly good action sequences, like yeah. a bunch of them. So, Tom Cruise wanted to work with him again, and... They have this weird collaborative process, it sounds like, Mm -hmm. where he'll go out to Tom Cruise and he'll just say, what do you want to do for this movie? Yeah. This was basically the entirety of Fallout. Yeah. What do you want to do? And Tom Cruise was like, I want to fly a helicopter. (laughs) So Christopher McQuarrie sat down and tried to figure out where to fit that in there. Where they were going to have him drive a helicopter, like a helicopter chase. Yeah. And... Along with that, there were a couple other things that he wanted to do. Um, they talked about like the jumping out of an airplane, the halo jump. Mm-hmm. And so they just set up these action set pieces and wrote the movie around it. Yes, which is how they basically made the first one. Really? Yeah. Well, and so Tom Cruise is actually the producer of all of these movies. Oh, he, how about that? He His first movie that his production studio did was the first Mission Impossible movie. Cool. Yeah. Okay, this, he, is, this yeah. is good. I he, like that. He liked the show when he was a kid. No way. And, and Paramount had the rights to make the movie for like a while, but they could never get it done. Okay. And so he kind of got his production company attached to it, which obviously meant that he was going to star in it. Right. And then, yeah, they made it. They went through like a bunch of scripts. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first script for the first Mission Impossible movie was 
going to open with the entire cast of the show yeah all dying oh cool <laughs> like immediately that sounds awesome <laughs> but they didn't want to do it so, the, so they yeah, had to change it they should have that's really great uh i think they kind of figured that it was mean it <laughs> is. the actors but, but that's kind of awesome uh, and then they got brian de palma to direct it and brian de palma ended up starting with these set pieces that he wanted to do yeah that him and tom cruise both thought would be cool yeah and then they wrote a movie around it man what a wild franchise this yeah. is could you have ever imagined that when the first one came out in what year 96 1996 yeah when 96 that they would still be going <laughs> yeah that this would essentially be like 15 years later <laughs> spy version of fast and the furious which we also had no idea would be a thing yeah right this is such a weird franchise and i'm so impressed that it has essentially gotten better post the second yeah. movie like yeah. every movie has gotten oh, better. I, I said think. 15 years later. I meant to say 25 years later. <laughs> 25 years later. Yeah. That's and it's so incredible. It's interesting because you look at movies that have sequels. Yeah. Just as a thing. Yep. And one, how frequently sequels are terrible. Yeah. Of most movies. And then also how terrible of an idea it is to reboot a franchise later yeah totally and they didn't really do that with mission impossible because they just keep doing them like every five eight years well or that's whatever. what is so interesting and why i think it's it never works really so been a well reboot is that it never has been a reboot but they can just ignore what happened in the previous movie yeah pretty pretty much, much right yeah. oh yeah is there anything that is there anyone from the first movie that still mm. is around now just tom cruise and ving rames oh yeah ving rames that's okay. it yeah well, and, the, which, and, the, and the mask machine. That's yeah. Those are the three things. Which, if, as long as you got Tom Cruise this, and the mask machine. Some of this is going to be things that I would maybe do differently, but we can get to that. That's fine. Yeah. Actually, I do want to... I yeah. mean, this is going to be... The things... I want to talk about all of them at yeah. least a little bit. So the things that are in all the movies, basically, is Tom Cruise. Yep. Ving Rhames. Yep. Uh, yeah. Masks. Yep. That whole thing. I really like the opening of all of them, where the opening credits show a bunch of scenes of the movie that you're about to see. Yeah, that but, like, is cool. It goes isn't so it? fast, and it's all like little bits of information. Yeah, that doesn't spoil it's like anything. a preview of what's to come. Yeah, and um, you get to like fill in the context. I'm trying to think. I mean, I think Ethan Hunt gets disavowed or suspected of being the criminal Almost in all of them. Almost every movie, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's where it gets a little bit a little ridiculous silly. to me. Once it gets to like five and six of like, do they seriously not trust this guy at this point? <laughs> he actually talked about that in the podcast as well. It kind of gets How absurd. silly it is that by now they don't trust him still. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a little bit, it's sort of X-Files-y where... Yeah. Well, That's true. Mulder and Scully, yeah, they've seen enough stuff. Why would either of them? Why would one of them disbelieve it? Yeah, and it's—I guess it's wacky. So that's yeah. why I think they need to keep them having a kind of light, fun tone. Yeah, and not get that was. That's kind of why some of the stuff that I don't like as much is like Tom Cruise having a or uh, Ethan Hunt having a wife. Oh yeah, that is weird. I think very interesting. Um, I think the the attempts to add like gravitas pathos, to things. Yeah is bad oh like sure. i think it's like because they need it to be but kinda, like in the first movie like i think it made for an interesting arc yeah with which they solved which i really like especially in this movie in the latest movie specifically they solved the whole thing which is perfect yeah i really like it well, because I, the whole point is you know someone in this life mm-hmm 
probably does want to have a normal life. Or if you were yeah. to ever get out of the life, you'd get sucked back in. Yeah. And so the fact that he does have a wife and they have to sort of write her out very intentionally. Mm-hmm. And then they can bring her back and like let her go for good. Yeah. Is cool in a good way in a way where they don't have to just like kill her off. Yeah. She's I don't not know. a damsel in distress and she kind of learns some things yeah. and that's cool. No, and I think the way they did it was good. Yeah. But I think they could also just not do it and just like either make the movies shorter or like just I don't know. But I guess it's I mean yeah. the, in the one that they did it on, the third one, right? Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 3. Yep. That was the one of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yep, he's the villain. And which is, he was great in yep. also. But I think the whole point of him as a villain was that they JJ Abrams directed that one. Mm-hmm. I think he really wanted to up the stakes on what a Mission Impossible villain would be like. Just yeah. in the sense of generally in Mission Impossible you think, oh, well, this is a government agent that's mm-hmm. gone bad mm-hmm. or gone rogue or, or whatever. It's yeah. someone higher up. We don't trust these higher ups all the time. Yeah. Why not? And I think he just wanted to have like an actual villain villain. Yeah. And there's no better way for you to establish that your villain is truly evil than I will kill your family. <laughs> yeah. And so I get that it's not necessary to have, for example, Ethan Hunt to have a wife. Yeah. But I think it is really good for them to, especially knowing you're being the director at the time and saying, well, this is probably going to be the last one. I can't believe we even got to a third one of these because it's yeah. almost 15 years after this came <laughs> yeah, out or yeah. maybe at least 10. But of going in and saying, well, I can just do whatever I want with this one because there's no there's no like Bible for this. There's, yeah. no, there's no thing I have to stick to. There's thing that the fans want, but we can play around in it. And that's essentially what, they, what it is or what it was up until uh, Christopher McQuarrie started directing them. Yeah. It was a sandbox, right? It kind of. It's how you get like John Woo with the motorcycles. And... Yeah. Well, and I think that's why. I think it, that's one of those cases for me where they make this movie, they kind of have this strong, almost brand of what the movie is yeah. and what they want to put in it. Mm-hmm. And then I think sometimes, I don't know, you get like attached to things. Mm hmm. But then you kind of forget why you're doing it. Like Bond. I, I mean, yeah. that's the perfect example is the Bond gadgets and how absolutely yeah. silly everything got in the 90s for quite a while. And I think... And why they had to reboot it. Yeah. And I think with... Um, so, like, in the first Mission Impossible, that, I think, was part of what makes it so cool is that Ethan doesn't really know what's going on. Sure. And it's kind of like a mystery. But you can only thing. not know what's going on for so long before you know what's going on, right? You can't be a field agent. <laughs> like, you can't be a new field agent and then 10 years later still be a new field agent. Yeah. Honestly, the whole thing doesn't really lend itself to having sequels at all. Because, <laughs> like... And yet... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... <sighs> here's the Maybe here's the difference here. First off, I want to just say... It's obvious that Tyler's favorite Mission Impossible is the first one. Oh, yeah. It's the best and one easily. my favorite <laughs> ones, I think they get better as they go along. Oh, that's crazy. The first one is fine. Ah, oh, that's insane. And the second one's bad, and the third one's good. The fourth one's better. And the fifth one, I don't know if it's probably about the same. And the sixth one is absolutely incredible. And I'm glad that it exists just so they could make it to this point. But that being said, I still appreciate the first one for what it is, I think. See, yeah. And, but here, here's what I want to ask. Yeah. What do you think are 
What do you think the tenets were of Mission Impossible going into the first Mission Impossible movie? I've never versus yeah. what are the tenets of Mission Impossible now that we're to this point? Yeah, I see. I haven't seen a single second of the TV show. That's fine. I've I don't either. know what it's about. I mean, at all. just it, yeah. when you apparently everybody involved was mad <laughs> about the movie. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So, so the movie's not, not even relevant. Okay. So yeah, but after the end of the first Mission Impossible yeah. movie, what are the tenets of Mission Impossible? What has to be in a Mission Impossible movie in your brain? Yeah. See, it's weird because as I was... So I watched the first one today. Yeah. It was a good excuse when we said we were going to do this. Right. And it was interesting going through it and thinking about the idea of making sequels of this movie. Yeah. So even, for example, Ving Rhames being in all the sequels and being the closest thing that Ethan Hunt has to like a friend. That is kind of weird, isn't it? It's weird because in the first one... It opens, Ethan has this tight-knit team. Yeah. They all die but him. Right. Emilio dies in the elevator. Supposedly, everybody dies but him. Right. And then he has to join with these two guys to do this big job who he doesn't trust them. Right. They're like disavowed agents. They're criminals. Got it. Okay. You know, and so that's like a big part of the movie is that... He doesn't know if he can trust them. Right. Which is, they, they factor that into all the rest of the movies, which I think is probably a big part of it, I guess. Yeah. So like in the newest one, uh, the new guy, the FBI guy that they have to take yep. on. Yep. You know, kind of a similar situation. They have to do this job. I have to work with you, but I can't trust you. Yeah, exactly. So and, that's, and Ethan, no, let's say that's absolutely yeah. a tenant. And is Ethan Hunt The comes, idea of mistrust. Yeah. And he comes up with plans in all these movies yep. that allow him to have kind of a little bit to stay a step ahead of those people. Okay. I think that's a pretty big part of it. That is actually a very good summary of a Mission Impossible That seems to be Ethan Hunt's skill is coming up with a plan that works and also... That the enemy won't see coming. And his own team members won't totally know what his real plan is. He's kind of on like the next level above even the people in his own team. He's the chess master and everyone else is the pieces. Which was the thing that the villain of the first movie did to kind of set the movie in motion. Okay. Like John Voight, his boss, does that to him. Uh, Okay. So, and then Ethan Hunt kind of does it back to him. Yes. Okay. Yeah, like the mask. So, like the first one opens with them doing one of those things where Ethan Hunt has like the mask on and he's pretending to be somebody else, mm-hmm. and it's like in like a stage, like kind of like in this newest one, yeah, where it's like a fake. You know, they he does they set all this it up stuff specifically to trick someone. They trick a guy, and then it's all it's revealed that it's in like a stage, like a sound stage, yeah. basically. But what I think is really interesting about the masks thing, mm-hmm. and I guess obviously we're going to do all spoilers for all these movies. Yeah. In the first movie, the first couple times Tom Cruise does the mask thing, yeah, he is, it's clearly Tom Cruise in a mask. Mm-hmm. They, they clearly invented this fake senator character who is Tom Cruise in an old man mask. Yeah. So that Tom Cruise could then put on that mask and yep. still be Tom Cruise mm-hmm. while, you know, anyway. Um, and then he takes it off, whatever. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the movie, when he tricks John Voight's wife into revealing that she knows that John Voight is still alive. Got it. And he has, you know, he takes off the mask. It's actually Tom Cruise. It's kind of like a little bit of a twist that they can do masks that are that good. Oh, okay. You know what sure. I mean? And it's, I think that's interesting, too, because in a lot of the later ones, I kind of feel like the mask thing 
Christopher McQuarrie talks about this in his podcast that, about the about the newest one. I don't know if they're as into it, or I don't know. What did you What did he say in it? He said the fans they want the mask. Like you got to have the masks in Mission yeah. Impossible. That's just a non negotiable thing. That's the only besides having Ethan Hunt, uh-huh. you have to have a ma- at least one mask thing. Yeah, and so. And they, but they have to have two of them because they probably have to set up that the masks exist. Two, not, not two, two people who maybe haven't seen the other movies, right? Like if they would just no. break that out at the, in the third act of the movie, everyone would be like, "What? Why? Since when can they do hyper realistic masks?" No, I think I think he. I mean, he wants it to be you know its own movie, but mm-hmm. they acknowledge that this is a thing. As long as you show, you don't have to show a, a mask. Re- reveal, but you have to show at least that the technology is there. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, but. And they think they do. You can, yeah. So that's what's actually so great about the first, about this latest movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just, well, once again, you're just going to talk about the first one. I'll talk about this yeah. one. That's <laughs> fine. Let's just go back and forth. Yeah. But what's so amazing about the mask reveal mm-hmm. in the new one is he knows that he's going to have that set up right away. You know, they really do. Who knows? Uh, Christopher McQuarrie. I mean, is uh, as he's setting the movie up, he's like, all right, I got to have one at the beginning and uh, one at yeah. the end, basically. I got to yeah. have it long enough that you forget that there's a mask gag. Yeah. Which is already great. Yeah. But they also trick the audience into thinking, wow, it is possible that they really did bomb these places. I know I was like, is this Oh, the opening? A- yeah. I was like upset, actually. Me too. I was because like, did I'm they like- really change up the movie this much? Yeah. I See? thought they jumped the shark. No, but that's what's so good about <laughs> no, that it. that was good. He, I like that. He truly understands what these are about. Yeah. He like, I was tricked by yeah. that. And that's really I good. I saw the second one coming, though. Yeah, that's fine. Which I mean, fine. they do set it up well enough that it you is good understand. though. Like, it's a good but it's really, way to trick the villain. But it's really satisfying. Yeah. is the trick. And so once you have been tricked by the mask, mm-hmm. you get it that it's possible that this is a very good. You know, it works really well. Sure. And so then when you go into that one of the villain reveal, you only get two basically, is what yeah. he said. Because if you do a third one, then <laughs> yeah. he had all these rules, which are really great. No, and I think th- that's pretty legit. Like, not hard and fast rules, but he's like, I just instinctively understand that if you did three mask reveals, yeah. the audience would hate you. In the first movie, they technically have three, but the first one is nothing. Right. They're just showing you that the mask exists. Yeah, yeah it's it was fascinating. He... I mean, he had so much to talk about, obviously, oh, and it's really interesting, and all the crazy stories he had, and all the mm-hmm. stuff that Tom Cruise adds to the role by himself. You mean, like, he things he thinks up? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure... Well, I know I read that he did... He's done all his own stunts for, like, all of it. Yep. But he was, like, pretty involved in making all of them, it seems like. Yeah, yes, totally. Like, he was really adamant that they do the cl- the end of the first movie on a train oh like a really like the fastest train they could the get bullet train or whatever. yeah and so he like had to do all this stuff to they couldn't find a way to make fast enough wind huh. for the things that they were going to have to film on a soundstage yeah and so he like they did all the normal things and then they ended up getting one that because he had done this previously when they did like a skydiving thing, yeah, like which a, he does in the new movie. This, this skydiving, yeah, the but, halo jump. Oh which yeah, is really crazy. Another one where he was like, "I just want to do a halo jump." Yeah, and they wrote it into the script as that he, <laughs> they needed to halo jump. Yeah, which is so good. I mean, really, the crazy thing that they wanted to write into the script is he needs to save someone else while in a halo jump. How much? Okay, so I know I read that they actually did jump out of a plane. He did like nine jumps. Yeah. So did they actually like have 
somebody having like a not functioning parachute? I mean, how far into this do they go? I mean, they just acted that out. I'm yeah, sure. Okay, because yeah. he 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 actually he had one on and just didn't work, right? Uh, it's not like with no, point, the other point guy, break where they have no parachute. The other guy on. was unconscious. Oh yeah, so he yeah, couldn't yeah. pull his own chute because okay. he got struck by lightning. It's pretty easy to fake. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's but yeah, you're right. Like you know, they he's just doing all this crazy stuff. Like yeah, I'm trying to think. Okay, so we were going through the things that are required in the movies. Yeah. So yeah, Ving Rhames being one of them is that's what I think is odd. Yeah, and I kind of mentioned that already that he's. He, actually, they hired, they cast him because they thought that he was as far away from what people would expect a hacker to look like. Awesome, that's really which great. They basically nailed. Yeah, they did. Uh, and it's cool that he is still the hacker. Yeah, it's it's weird because he. It's cool to have that consistency. I think. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's kind of an old guy now. Like, well, that's okay because he doesn't. I mean, that's what he's There's doing. Not a ton he's, of action. He's the guy in the van. You know what I mean? He that's doesn't true. have to be yeah. that guy, even in the new one. He hardly has to do... He's support, and mm-hmm. he's very okay with that. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, if, even at the end of the of the newest one, ultimate spoilers if you've gotten this far. <laughs> yeah. Him defusing one of the two bombs. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know they what I mean? They kind of have him sit around most that's of the a time. Big, that's a big thing. Like, yeah. he, his job is he defuses the bomb. His job is he tracks this thing. Yeah. That's cool to have. And, like, with any franchise, you can't not have recurring things eventually yeah it just has to happen i know that's what's so... that's the trick they're at six there's no way they can go I back know. to the spirit of one well i know and that's what's tough for me about it is that so like again in one uh <laughs> the movie opens with his entire team dying but him right and that's like basically and that's the reason they suspect him as being yep. the mole yep is that the, it turns out that the whole opening mission was a mole hunt, right. and everybody died but him, yep. so it's kind of got to be you. Right. And yeah, and it ends up being him, Like, and the people who he thought was dead, they kind of, yep. a couple of them make their way back in, and he's trying to figure out who he can trust and all that, Yeah. and he's trying to make this new team, mm-hmm. and yeah, you can't do that every movie, but right. I mean, you also supposedly can't have the government distrust him every movie, so maybe right. you could, I that's don't know. What's, that's what's kind of interesting, well, and what's interesting about the new one, too, once again, <laughs> back to the new one. I swear there's ones in the middle that are also good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Alec Baldwin came in for the fifth one. Oh, yeah. And it was cool in this one to just have an entire different agency not trust this agency. That it was a good way to handle you it, know? I think. Because, and then now Alec Baldwin... His boss trusts him, but, like, the CIA doesn't or right, whatever. exactly. So that's why they have to... He has to work with somebody he doesn't trust, is because it's a whole different group that is, like... The IMF has been messing stuff up for years. Yeah, true. Which is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get all this history, and that adds something cool to uh-huh. it as well, I yeah. think. So that's also interesting when you're talking about Ving Rhames and not being able to kill off the whole team. Uh, he was talking about, like, I need to kill somebody off for this, I think. Mm-hmm. And just to give this end, this ending stakes. Yeah. And so killing off Alec Baldwin's character was sort of the stakes for that. Oh, okay. Because, and Alec Baldwin said, I want to get killed. <laughs> awesome. Or I'll, I'll do it, essentially. Yeah. Because he said, I can't kill Benji. Because the fans will murder Why me. not? Benji's <laughs> the you, best. What do you think about him? You think he, uh, you Oh, like, I love him. He's okay. the best addition to the franchise, I would say. I like Simon Pegg. Yeah. I just think it's so weird that he's like... It's just... like I like, I, it, I it like fits, that there's a nerdy IMF agent yeah, like in it, a way that... Like, Ving Rhames is a hacker, but he's cool. Yeah. It fits in basically every way apart from... The parts that I am probably never going to accept that they aren't just killing everybody all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like... 
Well, that's an interesting thing. You think about some of the cast members that were only around for one movie, for example. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, Paul Patton. Yeah. Others. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) I don't even remember what happened. Tandy Newton was in the second one. Oh, completely forgot about that. Yeah, right? So, isn't that weird? I mean, I would, who would you, would you bring back anyone? I thought Jeremy Renner was fine. I liked having Paul Patton there, but I don't know if she would like, if she'd have a reason to be back. That's the thing. I like her. I don't, so even thinking of Simon Pegg coming back, right? Yeah. So the reason he was in the first one mm-hmm. was that he was like in the IMF office. He was like this office guy. Yeah, that's cool that they like pushed him up. And then actually, that yeah. he, another thing he said was, "Well, Benji's been wanting to do the mask thing for so long. We yeah. finally gave it to him. Yeah, because we've been we've been <laughs> intentionally not giving it to him all these times. Yeah, and like and so I think with the people who are on the team, mm-hmm. bringing people back. Yeah. In the way that they have or usually haven't. I think part of it needs to be a function of what actually needs to be accomplished. Sure. I think it's tough to come at it from the standpoint of what set pieces do we want to be in the movie? Yeah. And then find a way to cram these existing people into it and have it all be good. Sure. Like that seems like a writing challenge. And I can't think of any Which specifically I think that, that haven't worked. I think that but they've nailed it every time is the trick. The only truly weird thing about Mission Impossible is that you've got this guy that hasn't died. <laughs> yeah. That's really it, right? And that's kind of what a lot of what 5 was about, right? About uh, Ethan Hunt's insane luck. Yeah. They kind of made luck a theme of the movie. Right, because he jumps into that giant tank thing with the stuff yeah, and, and there's no way he should have... Yeah, he almost dies. Yeah. Uh, like, for and real. It was, and I think that was an interesting way to go with it, because at a certain point... Yeah, he's incredibly skilled, but he's also getting very lucky. Yeah. And to make it explicitly a matter of luck. Like calling it out. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. That's kind of what's also interesting about the newest one versus like even the one before it. Mm -hmm. This is the first one that they've actually picked up the threads of a previous movie in a big open way. I think so. Because everything else has been them writing it out and essentially resetting. Uh So, I mean, now it's truly... I know it's always been a franchise, but that's what's so weird about it, I think, is that, you know, every director wanted to do their own thing with it. Mm-hmm. And so J.J. Abrams got to just do a big old action-y action thing. Big monologuing villain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Brad, wife. Brad Bird really wanted to do, get back to the, like, really classic spy kind of stuff. Yeah. Which was cool. And they did, you know, the opening thing in the Kremlin with the big screen. Yeah. That projects what they, what's it behind them. to be them. really into the technology. Yeah. And, and like, the, the big Burj Khalifa. Oh, yeah. Climb, which is super cool. Which might be, like, the iconic set piece i mean besides obviously the in the first one the hanging over the you know the one of the most iconic set pieces ever right right right, right. (laughs) but i mean when you think about modern mission impossible you think about the burj khalifa oh yeah that one's great which is truly incredible and that one has some good mask gags and stuff too Mm -hmm. and oh man there's so many i think even when you mentioned that idea of it being a different director coming in for all of them up until the last one, yeah, and kind of bringing their own thing to it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's why I'm not as into the character development of any of these people, or like the the plot threads, or even like the recurring people that much because it's not a sandbox anymore. Well, I think just because there are so many other places that you can do that, and it, this is kind of a singular thing mm-hmm. of. That being the setup of this action star 
picking directors who he thinks are cool yeah. to make this movie that he's going to star in. True, true, true. Like, that's such a weird thing that doesn't exist anywhere else. And it's a little bit of a tragedy for that to not be a thing anymore. Yeah, I think there will be other ones to pick up. There's obviously stuff to enjoy about it still. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I think the movies are great, and I'm oh, yeah. super excited for the new two. Yeah. That he gets to make, you know, like a back-to-back series of movies, mm-hmm. and they're going to be fantastic. Yeah. And they're going to be absolutely insane, oh, and yeah. Tom Cruise might die, <laughs> yeah. for real. <laughs> yeah. Which, is always interesting. I can't even fathom what they're going to do next. You know? uh, yeah, you, you would think they've run out of insane stuff to do, but I'm sure... But can you imagine actually having a cliffhanger at the end of a Mission Impossible movie? That actually is a very good possibility. Isn't that ex- like, exciting that's to good. just think about? Yeah. There's going to be some crazy stuff going on. Yep, and I'm into it. Also, side note, as far as you know, recurring characters, Christopher McQuarrie is really into Ilsa, the character. The new girl. The new femme fatale. Uh, which one was she in the again? last two? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that was when they brought her back from five. Yeah, I did not remember her. It's fair. <laughs> That's the interesting thing. Out of all of the most modern ones, five's easily the most forgettable. So it's really interesting yeah. that they brought him back for six. But then six was so good. Yeah, six was awesome. That five was really just him. I think working out the kinks of what he needed to do a little bit. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm really not. Sure not not super exciting i literally can't even remember ghost protocol is the one where they initiate ghost protocol (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure they are disavowed for real because i know there's the one that has a big water tank that's that one what else happens i can't think of i can't think of anything else honestly well and it's apparently not the best one it's not which is okay honestly it's not and that's fine i think the best ones are honestly one four and six yeah i like three as well I don't remember a lot about three either. That's the rabbit foot one. That's Paul yeah. Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. I remember him running you through China. That, that yeah, I remember being a... the one where everybody simultaneously, pretty much worldwide, yeah, started to realize, man, Tom Cruise loves making us watch him run. He loves the sprint. Dude loves sprinting. And then when you watch older movies that he's in, you're like, oh. This wasn't necessary. No. Nope, Tom Cruise clearly talked this person into adding a scene where he sprints. <laughs> yep. Exactly. For no reason, which is great. Oh, Five has the part where he's on the side of a plane at the beginning. Oh, that was good. That was good. That was really good. That's a great set okay, piece as well. Okay, so I think There's that's... a couple things, but ultimately, it's just not quite as good as some of the other ones. I don't know. I think ultimately, it's kind of changing over time into a different kind of thing. It is. It's now just set pieces, It's which ju- I'm yeah. super okay with. Oh, yeah. It's basically a Jackie Chan movie now. Yeah. But with no karate. We don't really have any of those, do we? No. Like good Jackie Chan-esque movies. <laughs> I wish I'm sure were... somebody's making them. I mean, yeah, probably, but like ones that are big budget. In America? Yeah. Ones where the, the action sequences are actually competent. Yeah. Are we going to have to talk about Jackie Chan sometime? A different time. Okay. We, we'll, we'll watch a couple together and then we'll really get into it. I'm really thinking about uh, it now. Big fan. That's, we'll just but that's a, one comparison I got to make is that the action sequences in a good chunk of the Mission Impossible movies mm-hmm. are actually clear. You can see what's going on. You can see what's going on and it isn't just a hail of bullet fire. Yeah. I, in and it's not just punches just for punching sake. Yeah. There's clearly power dynamics happening within the fight itself, which I yeah. think is an important part. The fight has to tell a story a little bit. Yeah. It can't just be two idiots going at each other yeah. until one of them is down. 
There has to be a reason that they're fighting, and you have to see sort of... It has to show you something about the characters. And there's little hitches all the time. Yeah. And things that are different, like, technologically or whatever. Right. In, I was reading the trivia about the first one, and yeah. apparently there's only, like, five bullets fired in the entire movie. What? Which is crazy. That's And, like, the main villain fair. is John Voight, an old man. Right. You know, it's, like, it's more about... It's the most spy-esque yeah, of all of them. A guy tries to kill him with a helicopter. Does anyone remember what happened in the second one? Literally, here's all I can tell you from the second movie. He gets on a motorcycle and he, rides on the front wheel. He, he has long hair. He slams on his brakes on his motorcycle. Yep. And it makes it so that he's only on his front wheel. And he spins around while doing that and he fires his gun. Yep. I'm pretty sure there's doves. Yep. I do remember the doves. Because it's John Woo, yes. who's a silly guy. Yep. Uh, and that he's, he's, and he has long two. hair. Which I think they call, they call out in one of the movies that he had really? a long hair face. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if it's like five or six. Or... So I haven't watched it since like 2000. Same. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know if I out. I don't know if I want to. I don't want to. I've I, seen other John Woo movies since then. I would watch all the other Mission Impossible. I'd watch movies it again. just as an academic exercise. Yeah. Because I've seen other John Woo movies since then to where I could see why Tom Cruise would be like, Hey, yeah. This guy's see that's what I think it's well, interesting. Well, because I'm sure Tom Cruise is a hard boiled and he was like, Hey, this yeah. is cool. Of even Brian De Palma being the director of the first one. Yeah. I know right. nothing about De Palma, really. So he made Carrie. He made Scarface. Oh, Carrie's good. He made Untouchables. He made Untouchables. Never saw that one. He is a really interesting guy. I can't figure out if he's a hack or not. Yeah. Like, Roger Ebert really likes him. Okay. But he's never been nominated for, like, any major award ever. Okay. Okay. Uh, or, like, I saw, like, Carlito's Way. Okay. Which is, like, a joke. It I was, can like, tell you Al Pacino, <laughs> and, like, it's all just, like slow motion and yeah. like him voiceover over like Weird. him talking about the, how the things have changed yeah it's like for sure i don't know it's really hacky but then some of the other ones are really good i can tell you the the brian de palma movies i've seen mm-hmm. and it'll tell you a little something about which ones i've seek, seeked out or not yeah mission to mars <laughs> yeah mission impossible mission no not this guy mission. loves missions he loves missions and then carrie and Phantom of the Paradise. I never saw that one. It stars Paul Williams, and he wrote all the music. Okay. And it's like a Phantom of the Opera, oh, yeah, but like yeah. for the 70s, it's terrible. So, Brian De Palma, he has style. You gotta give it to him on that one. Yep. He has a very distinct style, and it's in the first Mission Impossible movie a lot. And it really adds to the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, Brian De Palma's style really lends itself to confusion. Yeah. That disorientation. Makes sense. So that's, that's which a good is spy very movie. fits with a spy movie and the story. And John Woo, he's this big action guy. Yep. He has also a very strong style. Yeah. This uh, thing's more about like stunts and stuff that looks cool. He has a lot of slow motion. Yes. Stuff that looks I don't know, things of like guy with sunglasses firing two pistols yep, in different directions. Yep. And then this hold on, I want to keep going with this now that we're doing yeah. it. JJ Abrams does not care about the payoff. Thinks that the, telling the story is more important <laughs> than what the ending of the story is. Okay, you got to give him what he's what's good about him. That's <laughs> Nope. I mean like what no, he is made good. before that. He can he's he can do action. I mean, yeah. no, honestly that might have been the first movie he directed. Oh, he directed the pilot of Lost, uh-huh. and then he did. What did uh, he make before that? I don't even know. I think that's it. He was just like a 
producer. Million, you know, very expensive pilot. Yeah, man. He had to have done something. He just helped develop it. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, that's his he, thing. We can, we're clearly, just pulling something from these Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he also is a guy with a vision. Yes. You got to give him that Definitely. One. You know what I mean? He has some... He's like a less nerdy Joss Whedon. That's maybe the best and worst thing I can say about <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> and then... Brad Bird. Brad Bird. He just... Everything's dynamic with him. Yeah. Everything's always moving. There's always like a little... little bunch of little pieces moving around. And mm-hmm. it's really exciting and fun. Yeah. And a little fluffy. You know? Like, like in what way? In that... You don't exactly remember what happened, but you remembered you were enjoying it the whole okay, time. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is also good. Yeah. It's not bad. Movies. He's... But he has a really like deft touch, I want to say. Okay. So which is cool. Uh, which is why that movie is so memorable compared to some of the other ones. Yeah. And then Christopher McQuarrie. That man, <laughs> I don't know what his that man just knows how to direct Tom Cruise. That's really yeah, all it is. Tom Cruise likes him personally. <laughs> yeah. And and from there, the more trust they give it. I think they just have the perfect symbiotic relationship where yeah. Tom Cruise trusts him implicitly to come up with something insane. And yeah. even most of the stuff he was talking about in that podcast was... Well, we were going to shoot it the next day, and so I didn't know what I was going to do. And then, thankfully, Tom broke his leg, and I got six weeks to figure out how to fix the script. <laughs> That's awful and great. It's amazing because it works. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had this whole thing scouted out. They, like, flew out, like, two hours into New Zealand into this oh, thing. Oh, man. They got there. and Did you do the helicopter thing? Uh, no, but it's related to that. Okay. He was just... They got there. It was like, we're not going to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then as they were leaving... He saw one of the helicopters pull with that one of those nets under it, uh-huh. and he was like, "That's it. I'm doing that. Doing that. And that's oh, that's man. where that stunt came from because oh. they abandoned some other part. That's crazy. It's incredible. So he basically said, "Scout me out some places that look cool," mm-hmm. and then that's how he that's how he, they went from there. He asked Tom Cruise what he wanted to do. He went to the scouts and say, "Show me some cool places, yeah, where we could shoot hmm. that look like other things, yeah." And so they shot in New Zealand, and it looked like Nepal, yeah. Because they were like, here's some, here's a cool mountain range. Good enough. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, wow. I mean that's what it's like. It's just improv, that's but a like crazy amount of improv. That's a lot of pressure. It's like a hundred million dollar improv, <laughs> which is so awesome. Wow. Which is why I think these movies are so good. Yeah. And I'm really excited for these new two. I think they're gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. So 2020. I don't. Only yeah. a year and some change away. <laughs> More Mission Impossible. And then another one the next year. I can't wait. In the meantime, we can go through all of them and watch through them. and <laughs> Actually can... know what we're talking about. Yeah. I think we got a good gist. Yeah. Well, especially because of the ones that we care about the most are, are the Which bookends. Is, yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. We should really get into more someday about what that says about the two of us and how we, <laughs> how we absorb movies. Well, I mean, it's clearly been on a journey from one thing to another thing. Yep. Because, like, in the first one, it has stunts, for example. Tom Cruise did do his own stunts. Of course. I think it's all very small. Yeah. Even, like, the big stunt is... Like him getting blown forward on the train. Yeah, that's, that's like, the only real scenario where he might have died. It's all whether or not they're going to get arrested. Yep. And, like, it's all, like, them, they're trying to break into this room, 
But they have to be really quiet. Right. That's the whole bit, is that they have to be super duper quiet. But that got parodied like a billion times because yeah. it was the thing. Yeah. It was like very exciting and awesome. Yeah. It but, was, it's a great scene. Still to this day, it's super tense. Yeah. It's truly unbelievable. But it's very different from almost being sucked into this huge water thing. Yeah. Or being attached to the outside of a plane yeah like he does he does get attached to the outside of a train stakes have to go up every movie because why would you go to it if it was going to be something less than see and i think where do you think where where do you think it's tipped well and that's what i think is well and that's what i think is maybe what i would like to maybe be different about it you want there to be the exact same stakes no (laughs) well they can do the same stakes they can just come up with different things like they can come up with little things to do that is why this is the perfect franchise is because it's mission based just like james bond yes but it's a team yeah even better and i can replace people in the team when you don't need them anymore and i think it to base it around to start from the standpoint of i would like to jump out of an airplane yeah is awesome in its own way yes but i kind of i like the intricacy of yeah. like the see it's like in the first one the main the the mission impossible right the yes. phrase the thing that's impossible so when they're going to break into the cia building mm-hmm. ving rames's character makes a joke about oh we just got to do this and this and this huh like stating it as this impossible thing right and tom cruise replies to him saying don't worry it's actually way worse <laughs> like it's actually way harder than that so ultimately, um, so the, the thing that's impossible yeah. is that they got this thing they have to break into, right? Right. You know, right. and it's not that it's dangerous; it's just that it's tricky. Well, and I think that's what I like. And about it. I would argue that the one thing the movies have done, what, like you were saying before, mm-hmm. is bring the ethos of Ethan Hunt always playing two games at once, yeah, and oh, being yeah. good at it. And they so it. ultimately, as long as the movie is doing that, yeah, it's still good, right? Oh yeah. I've, that's the thing. Obviously, apart from the ones that I literally don't remember, I think the last several have been awesome. Yeah, for sure. But it's like a different thing. It is. I want somebody... And that's the thing. You want a new so, franchise where that's that's tricky. With the first one, the thing that makes it not lent to sequels yeah. is the thing that I want to see more of. So yeah, I want somebody to make a completely unrelated movie. <laughs> Like, well, and that's the thing. People do make those sometimes. Like, The Man from Uncle, the new one that came yeah, out a few yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, totally. I think that kind of had parts of. Sure. Or. I would argue that's a little more action y than not, though, too. Yeah. Or like. And not just because Henry Cavill's in that one in yeah. New Mission Impossible. Or like that cop movie with Ryan Gosling and. Voice Beyond the Pines? No. And Russell Crowe, the one that's set in like the 70s. Oh, The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. That's a detective movie. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose. But they're like kind of action, but they're like mostly a lot of talking. <laughs> That's like we've nailed it. <laughs> That's what we were looking for. Yeah. <laughs>